AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. Our instructors, one of the things that they constantly are saying is that we don't have enough blackboards. So one thing we were thinking though, that with uh, some of these thin, transparent technologies, we were like, well, maybe we could put like glass whiteboards in front of it mm -hmm. so that they can it can be a writing surface as yeah. well as a display. We'd have to put something in front of it because inevitably an instructor will write on it. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like the screens. Can you write on these? Yes, you can. Once. <laughs> Jerry, did you use permanent marker again? I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I, gra I, I just grabbed the wrong. This is going to open very big, Jerry. Like okay, forget it. Let's all pretend Jerry wasn't born. And this is clean. From DirectView LED, meeting technology, and oh my lord, there's a lot of people. All that and more next on AV Week. This is AV Week, episode 650, recorded from ISE 2024. Live from ISE 2024, part one. This is AV Week, our weekly wrap up on audio, visual, news, and information. The biggest story this week, well, we're in ISE. Uh, that's why my voice sounds different if you're listening to this, if you're watching it. Holy cow, yeah, it's different. So, with me, uh, is Aaron May Moran from Johns Hopkins University. How are you, ma'am? Doing well, doing well. Still have a voice, which is amazing. You are th this is Thursday, so that's why, right? Okay. We're doing this strategically on Thursday. <laughs> yes. And also my buddy, uh, Kevin Iselli. From how are you, my friend? I'm good. Hey, how are you? Doing well, actually. Doing good. well. For the first time back in public. Yeah, this is great. They, where they keep you for the last few years? Uh, you know, I was I was in a desk, and we had this whole pandemic thing, and then I changed companies. We had a pandemic? Yeah, well... We did. Okay. Well, let's talk. Well, let's. I'll, I'll do a little bit of commentary at the, at the end about that. Um, just got had, just done had, just got done having a conversation um, with our friend at Infocom about that, and it was four years ago, almost to the day that we were sitting in in Amsterdam. Yep. And several companies suddenly didn't show up mm -hmm. at ISE, and a combination of a, a pending pandemic as well as a weird. Uh, weather thing that happened in, in uh, England that year, yes. um, you know, impacted the attendance, impacted the show itself. So we'll talk a little bit, a little bit about the, the feeling of the show, the attendance, but Aaron, first and foremost, you were here with HEPMA. Yes. What is HEPMA doing here? Well, um, HEPMA is, we pretty much doing all of the things. Like, uh, we are really trying to kind of position ourselves in the, uh, you know, getting the higher ed vertical really out there and known. And strategically, you know, partnerships and creating those cre connections. Uh, we hosted a happy hour yesterday as well as yep. uh, some sessions in the influencer hub. So it's been a busy time for us, mm -hmm. but, but good. Uh, since you uh, and Hetma is producing quite a number of videos, uh, you guys are interviewing folks. Um, eventually, I'm going to have one of you take my job because I'm I'm also tired. Uh, but what are some of the things that you guys have seen? Like, what's impacted you, or what's been the biggest takeaway from ISC for you guys? Um, for us, it's been a lot of trying to find those products that are solving problems, not just things that are like, "Ooh, it's pretty, it's flashy, it looks really neat." But it's like specific products that are solving pain points for us. And have you found any? 
found a couple. Oh, we found a couple. Okay. So it's uh, it's been good. I, there are definitely going to be some POs written <laughs> once okay. I return home. I have a feeling because um, um, yeah, there there are a couple items that I'm like, I need that. And you you and I talked about about this beforehand. Um, no, without naming products, can you tell me some problems that you've been able to solve this week? Yeah, um, some is um, audio, getting quality audio for recordings, okay. um, especially in those situations where there are um, audience members in a space that might not traditionally be a space where we would do a streaming event or something okay. like that. So um, you got to get a little creative. Because you don't have maybe ceiling mic in and stuff, so um, that sort of solution, and also um, kind of a quick event setups, like pop up events. Yeah. Okay. So we can be like, okay, we want this in the middle of a hallway. We're like, all right. Flash mobs. Yeah. Sorry, that was like so. What, so in nineties. Yeah. Uh, oh, in nineties, it was at least two thousand. <laughs> we watched clearly different TV shows. We did. Yes. Mr. Dyselli, uh is. Obviously, uh, being from Biamp, you have pr pretty much spent your, your week in one specific hall. Yes. Um, but you also did a number of, of sessions as well, so you at least had to walk by some other booths. I did, yeah. Um, what, what have you seen? This uh, I've noticed a kind of interesting trend. Uh, a lot of the keywords now are immersive, right? Being uh, involved in the, the space, being part of the space, being uh, completely... Uh, a part of the whole um, the whole process, which is kind of interesting because I, I, I was thinking uh, kind of the weird correlation is we, we seem to have been going down that road of AR, VR, mm -hmm. and now it's like, how do we make the biggest set of VR goggles we ever can? Ah, projectors, yes. screens, but like let's turn that whole that whole environment into something that we we enter as opposed to put it on. So it's been really fascinating to see the display technology that they're putting out there. What they're doing with it, uh, you know, the whole curving, the transparent LED. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are pretty, some pretty impressive things. I, so I, I spent a few days at CES this year and uh, went around with, our, with uh, Patrick Norton, who, who's uh, on, the, on the Aviation and CTI team, and he made an interesting observation that at CES, there was transparent displays, mm -hmm. right? And the LG had one, TCL had one, Samsung. And the press and the folks attending were like, oh my gosh, they have transparent displays. They have direct view LED. They have, like, this is fantastic. And Patrick, who has traditionally been in the consumer space, right, most of his career, he looks at me like, commercial's been doing this for a minute. He goes, mm -hmm. it's fascinating that whereas probably five years ago even, the consumer electronics arm of technology was driving innovation, right? Yeah. Now, and it's a pendulum, right? You, you, and, you and I have been doing this for a minute, Kevin. Yeah, you live long enough, you we, see both sides. Yeah and, yeah, and that pendulum is swinging back, right? Yeah. It's interesting though, and Aaron, let me pick on you for, for a second, whereas three or four years ago, people were, were clamoring to announce the death of the projector, right? Projectors are dead, screens are obsolete, or, or, or projection screens are obsolete. We've got direct view LED, we've got TVs and, and displays that are 100 inches you know, diagonal. You don't need projectors. Do you still need projectors in education? Still need projectors in education because of the thing called the blackboard. Okay. And 
um, our instructors, one of the things that they constantly are saying is that we don't have enough blackboards and we want more chalk in the classroom, which I absolutely cannot stand. Chalk dust is the enemy of technology, but we have to, um, a lot of our spaces, we still have to take into account. We can't take up wall space. So can't hang a display if you got to have a you know a chalkboard there. So one thing we were thinking though that with uh, some of these thin transparent technologies, we were like well, maybe we could put like glass whiteboards in front of it mm-hmm. so that they can it can be a writing surface as yeah. well as a display. Um, it, but we were like in a lot of those look amazing. And stuff, and we're like, we'd have to put something in front of it because inevitably an instructor will write on it. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like the screens. Can you write on these? Yes, you can. Once. Once. Well, it's, it's you know, I, I've told this story before about, you know, the, the instructors who would bring in their own markers because they didn't like, because the, the college I worked for, we, we transitioned from blackboards to, to, to dry erase. And they would bring in their own markers because inevitably theirs, inevitably theirs would run out of ink. And they would bring in Sharpies. It's a marker. It's <laughs> a marker. Right. Yeah. And they were brand new. And they worked. Once. Once. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, if, if you had to give this show, again, this is, this is a bit unfair because we're recording this on the Thursday morning, right? So you've only had two days of a right. four-day show. But if you had to give this show a theme, what would that be? Oh, wow. Um, a theme. I have an answer, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine at the end. Um, invest in BCAAs. I don't even know what that is. Branch chain amino acids, because it really helps the soreness and recovery. Um, no, as, as far as a theme, I, I would like to say that it is definitely moving towards, um, and kind of it also showed in a lot of the conversations that I've been seeing going on, is the, the, the rapid adoption of AI. Okay. Which is kind of exciting, actually. Uh, I think it's a really interesting, and it's still a little bit, um, let's say, not really f- fully fleshed out tool. Yeah. You know, but I do definitely see it as a tool, and I'm looking. I, even my group were integrating it in, in a lot of different uh, methods, a lot of a lot of different opportunities yeah. for us to use this tool, even for the betterment of training and education. So, uh, like I said, I think that's kind of a big one that I'm seeing in a lot of the booth space. Okay, Aaron. Well, I I actually agree with the with AI being very much at the forefront, and but one of the things we discussed that we knew it was going to be there, but um, it's not as in your face as we expected. We thought that like all the manufacturers would be like AI this and artificial intelligence that, but it's been pretty subtle. But it's not that they haven't used it. It's just that I think it's becoming more of a ubiquitous thing that they, and it's, they're not doing it for the sake of it being AI and yeah. something new. They're just like, yeah, we're taking advantage of, you know, the new, you know, kind of machine learning things and making something great out of it. Do you it. think maybe, and, and, and by the way, my answer was also going to be AI, because uh, I, I do agree that it's not, it's it's not in your face, but it is certainly there. Do you think that's the maturity, which feels really, really odd to say, 
only a year after ChatGPT was announced, was it released to the public. But do you think it's the maturity of AI in the marketplace? I think so. Yeah, I think that yeah, it does seem very fast. Yeah, but um, I think it that is has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, one takeaway from from ISE twenty twenty four for you, Kevin. Ooh, uh, one takeaway. Uh, frame that. Well, you know. Again, you, you're having the, the, the uh, I like this, this dichotomy here because Kevin is spending a lot of time in the booth. People come to him and you're getting, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, but, you know, when folks are coming in, you know, a little bit to what Aaron was saying about what problems are they trying to solve. Yeah. You know? um, okay, from that perspective, um, I actually was going to, uh, the sentiment that Aaron started with about solving problems, mm-hmm. and, and especially with sound, you know, with lots of BIAP, is that has been a real big ask, uh, especially with, we have a AI noise reduction uh, in our process yeah. in Tessera now, where it, you know when you first think about it, it's like, what is that going to do? It's astounding. I mean, the fact that the demos that we're even showing is you can actually see, they, you know, they have a work crew come in in the middle of a meeting and you barely hear the drill and you barely hear them pounding on the walls because it's so fast and so adaptive to what's happening there. Again, as the tool, it is solving quite a few problems that we had in a space um, uh, without hurting any, or without being too critical to any specific discipline. It's like I always say, companies like Biam, we exist because architects like things to look nice. Yeah. I use the word look specifically because it's got to look nice, it's, but it's it also nice. has a big impact on how does it sound. Yeah. And intelligibility for speech is so critical, especially now when you're doing remote learning or even uh, you know the the teams in Zoom world, that I think oftentimes we forget about the technology that uh, folks like my app we make to make up for those uh, you know visual decisions that go into the spaces, and, and they're very important because that's kind of what happens is yeah I've got this conference room and I can't hear the other end or you know we AEC and all the things that we have to put in as far as DSP processing to make those corrections so that you get back to a more comfortable level. And yeah, that's been a, a big ask. Aaron, what's one, one takeaway from this week? Well, being that this is my first ISE, and I, you know, everyone talks about the scale of it and how big it is and all the, the halls, and I have to say my, my biggest takeaway is next time around, I need to be more um, conscious of what I'm scheduling and where things are yes, so ma'am. that I'm not running from one side to the other and, uh, you know, within a few minutes. So scheduling. Yeah, yeah. scheduling is a huge, and I, I say that somewhat jokingly, but also very seriously, um, our, our crew, who we, we've got a great local crew that runs around with us, and even yesterday, we were in one hall for the first half of the day and getting from one booth to another in the same hall was was difficult. Now, if you're ISE, that's a great problem to have, right? Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It, it's a great problem having. I'm very happy for them because, again, four years ago, we entered in, into this whole pandemic thing. It's very wonderful to see. I'm not saying it, it, coming back, but because you know, we don't have numbers yet, but it felt very much on Wednesday that this show has the opportunity to hit a, a very special, very specific number, which 2019 was their record year. I want to say it was 82 or 83,000 uh, at the Rye. So again, great for ISE, really good for the, for the vendors because I don't know, every booth we went to yesterday was packed, yeah. right? 
and folks were excited to be back together. And, and, and yes, this is the third time around for for ISE in, in Barcelona, but it feels very much like, uh, okay, the first two times were a little bit of a, not trial run, but, oh, you're really doing this. Oh, you're, you're serious now. We're, we're doing trade shows again. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and coming back in full force. Yeah, and to support that, I think the fact that there's, what, over 1,400 vendors here? Yes, we have a record. And think about the square footage it takes to, to do that. And as you just said... 83,000 square meters. 83,000 square meters, and like you said, it seemed there was people Every. packed everywhere. Yeah. So to, to take it from a, you know, no one's going anywhere to I can't move because there's so many people yeah. is, is astounding. It's yeah. great. It's pretty great. All right. Um, Aaron, if this is your first time. Yeah. If you were to talk to someone in six months' time and they're like, oh, you know what, I'm considering going to ISE in 25, why should they come? Well, I would say that this is a unique opportunity. Like, it is a way to see things that you probably wouldn't ordinarily see, even at, like, Infocom, where a lot of the same companies are... Um, have booths and stuff, but there is very much just a different vibe here, yeah. and um, and I'm liking it. All right. Mr. Iselli? Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Explain that, please. It's well, you know, we've we spent all this time, and uh, you know, during the pandemic and lockdown, and everything of being behind the screen, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really interesting because even from the workforce, you'll see that people really love that remote work, mm -hmm. but then you see the social media aspect, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's so good to see people," and yeah, and it's even better when you're now in an environment like this, seeing the things that you're actually trying to use for solving problems and getting that firsthand experience and exposure to them. So life moves pretty quick. If you don't stop and smell the roses, you go. might miss it. Right. Yeah. Aaron, how do people connect with you or Hetma? Um, yes, you can find Hetma at hetma.org. Uh, we also, uh, from that page, you can join our community. Um, and we have not only higher ed members, but we also do have uh, corporate sponsors, companies, friends, whatnot. Everybody can be part of part of the movement. Um, you can also find me on the social media platform formerly known as Twitter at smearin underscore off underscore ice on LinkedIn. And you can find me each month on AV Nation's EdTech Podcast. That is true. Excellent. Mr. Iselli, you or Pipe or Byam? Uh, Byam.com or you can reach out to me directly. First yeah. name, last name. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on any of the socials because I'm not very interesting. But go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv, where you will find the aforementioned uh, EdTech, uh, CD Control, and a whole lot of other podcasts. All that and more at avnation.tv. It's avnation.tv. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Hello, this is Steve Greenblatt, host of AV Nation's Estate of Control podcast. Each month, Rich Fragoza and I explore trending topics, foundational subject matter related to control programming and automation in the audiovisual industry. We speak with a variety of AV professionals who share their perspective, knowledge, and experiences. Please join us for this monthly conversation. Check out Estate of Control on avnation.tv or wherever you get your podcasts.